So without further ado, it's my joy and privilege to introduce you to our second keynote speaker of the, of the day here at the Central Area. And uh, we so enjoyed John laying into us this morning as the national leader. Thank you, John. It was great. And uh, as we were thinking and praying about another speaker, we thought of Malcolm. And some of you will know Malcolm, some of you won't. But Malcolm Baxter is uh, a son of Nottingham. He got converted in the Christian Center many years ago and served on the staff of that church and then went to South Africa. And uh, just recently, just in the last few months, he's returned to lead the Christian Center, probably still the biggest church in our whole central area. And we just thought that with Malcolm's fresh perspective, didn't really know a lot about us, he could just bring something today that would really lay into our hearts. So Malcolm, thanks for saying yes. Let's give him a great central area welcome. Thank you. Wow. I don't think I've ever had that before. That's uh, really cool. Um, yeah, just... So good to be with you guys. Thank you, John, for what you brought this morning. Particularly appreciated your honesty and vulnerability in the second session. It was amazing, really powerful stuff. And um, thank you for the bravery of the leadership team in uh, letting me have a go today. um, It's the first time I've ever preached in an environment quite like this. So, uh, you know, uh, we've been in Cape Town for 10 years. And uh, come back, we came back in December and uh, still getting used to the weather. But spring is here and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, and I, you know, first time in Coventry actually. And uh, I think the Lord has uh, just brought me to this building today to see actually how dead am I, you know? He wanted to know, would there be any jealousy that is rising in my heart or anything like that? I'm really happy to tell you I'm on a journey. I've got a long way to go. Clearly things have been revealed. Jesus, help me. Um, Anyway, without further ado, um, I'm going to draw our attention to John chapter 5. And um, yeah, Listen, I'm just, the, the, I'm, I'm not quite sure how things are done here, so I'm just going to be me. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll just, we'll just go uh, with it. Um, John chapter 5, reading from verse 1, uh, this is what the Bible says. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic, Aramaic is called Bethesda which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. Amen. 
Jesus um, asked the question, do you want to get well? And, you know, at one level, it was an absolutely ridiculous question because he'd laid there for 38 years trying to get well. And yet, on the other hand, it was a great question because when you've been in that place, in that condition for a long time, the weight of your experience is working against you. You know, after 38 years, a person changes. Attitudes change. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. We don't know how he got there. He was there because everyone there believed that an angel came down and stirred the waters. And the first one in, after the angel had stirred the waters, gets a miracle. Maybe someone had dropped him off and left him there. Maybe he got himself there and things had gradually got worse over the years. Or maybe he'd gone with one thing and hanging around with all those sick people, he'd got something else. But one thing I know is, he'd hung around for nearly 40 years with people who had similar problems, similar desires, and similar excuses. I want to ask you today, does the company you keep empower you, or does it disempower you. Bethesda was a place where people believed in breakthrough, believed for breakthrough, but actually most of them lived disappointed. When asked the question, the man replied, he says, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. He got frustrated by those who'd gone ahead of him. I want to say to you this afternoon, don't get frustrated by those who've gone ahead of you. Comparison is a ruthless taskmaster. Every one of us here has to do the best that we can with what we've got. You don't know, comparing yourself with somebody else, you don't know their story. You don't know where they've come from. You you don't know the journey they've been on and you don't know how they got there. All you can do is be the best you that you can be. And just because they've gone ahead, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get ahead. Don't allow yourself to get frustrated because you, you know, I think that in, in church life, There are times and seasons where we we take strides forwards and then there are times when we just have to sit back and and there's a springtime where everything's budding and it's blossoming and it's growing and then we get our autumns and our winters where we're just marking time and there's a lot of stuff that's going on underneath the surface. But just because you're looking at someone else and they seem to be going great guns, it doesn't mean that you're not, it just means you're in a different season. Last year, going backwards and forwards from Cape Town, I, 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 for the first time in many, many years, I bought myself a new suitcase. 
And uh, because I've stood waiting for bags a long time, I bought myself a bright red suitcase. It's a little bit embarrassing out of context. It's the kind of thing that your kids don't want to associate with and that kind of thing. But the thing is this, where it, what is really useful is, is when it's actually on the carousel, the baggage carousel. Because I can spot my bag from a long way. And that sense of relief when your bag has actually made it with you. And I was on one of those times where, you know, I, I was in that time where actually um, it was taking a long time for my bag to come out. I was waiting and I was waiting. And, and then eventually I saw my bag come right out at the end. It was one of those times where it was really, really crowded and, uh, and I couldn't get closer. I saw my bag come out, my bright red case come out at the end. And while my case was on its way to me, being brought to me by the carousel, other people were getting their bags. Other people were collecting their stuff before I had the opportunity to collect mine. But just because they were collecting their stuff didn't mean that mine wasn't coming. I could see that mine was coming. I could see that mine was on the way to me. I don't need to be jealous of you just because you're getting your bag now because mine's coming. I can see it coming. It's making its way towards me. I don't have to be afraid. I can celebrate with you getting your stuff. I don't have to be jealous because I know that my stuff is on its way. And at the right time, it's going to find its way to me. The Bible is somewhat politically incorrect when, certainly in the NIV version, it calls the man an invalid, which is actually a really horrible term, invalid, invalid. Because you know what, that is actually what had happened to him is, is exactly what the devil wants to do to every one of us. He wants to st- stamp invalid on you, stamp stamp invalid on your life, stamp invalid on your dreams, stamp invalid on your aspirations. He is a liar because Jesus had turned up to him that day and Jesus has turned up to you today to speak validation over you, to say that he sees you, he believes in you, he believes in what you're carrying. Just because somebody else has stuck a label on you, that doesn't mean that that is who you are. Turn to someone near you and say, lose the label. Jesus validates you today. You see, this, this man had a vision, but his culture, his learned behavior was holding him back. He'd become trapped by his own confession and his own excuses. Other areas where we've become trapped by our own confession and our own excuses. What did he say here? He said, Jesus asked the question, do you want to get well? To which he replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone goes ahead of, ahead of me. He'd, he'd had a vision to be well. He had a vision to be better. His vision had positioned him. But his culture had crippled him. You see, if our culture is not aligned with our vision, 
it will kill it. It doesn't matter how amazing the vision is. It can be all singing or dancing or wonderful. Let me tell you, if your culture is not aligned with the vision, it will kill it every time. Because it is possible to sit around saying that we believe in God. It's possible to sit around saying that we believe in the miraculous. And we can do it for 38 years and see nothing change. He was there because he believed. He was there because he desired to see a miracle. But in truth, after all that time, his life did not match up to his confession or the things he was believing for. And so at the end of the day, there comes a point in order to survive that we start to make excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, would, I would have broken through. Yeah, yeah, I would have had that happen. But you don't, I haven't got the people that I need to help me. I haven't got anyone. You know, I can see what needs to happen. But oh, if only things were different. If only I was in a different place. If only I had a different team. If only I had a different set of gifts around me. We, we become fall victim to our excuses. We convince ourselves in the end that talking about it is the same as doing it. And I've come to tell you this afternoon that talking about it is not the same as doing it. Talking about the possibilities of what could be is not the same as doing it. Some of us find ourselves talking a good game. We know the right things to say. We spur one another on. We cheer, we yup, we shout. We say, yeah, this can happen. But yet we can still say, stay the same. We just go through the motions. Like the fishermen on the shores of Galilee had fished all night. And uh, they caught nothing. And then when Jesus found them, They were washing the nets. You see, they were doing fishermen things. They were going through the motions of doing the things that fishermen do, but they hadn't caught fish. And at the end of the day, it was about catching fish. Deep down, though, despite this man's track record, despite his excuses, he wanted to change. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knows that you want to change even if you don't know how to. The Bible tells us that there were hundreds of of people in that place. And Jesus, Jesus spotted him in the crowd. He was stepping over all kinds of people to get to him in the crowd. I need you to know that I preached many times about people pressing through the crowd to get to Jesus. I've, I've talked to, I preached about the woman who 
in her infirmity pressed through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. I preached, I preached about having the kind of audacious faith that will shout out from the side of the road, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, getting Jesus' attention, calling him out where he might have walked by. Now he can't walk by because I have made enough noise to catch his attention. The, he, his faith caught his attention. I preached those kind of messages. I love preaching those kind of messages. But you know what? I also need a savior who will spot me in the crowd when my legs won't carry me when I haven't got a shout within me I need a savior who will see me and make his way to me and meet me where I am I need to know that even even if things have been this way for a long time. He'll come. He'll still come. I, 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 need, I need a savior who, who will actually see beyond the things that I have become. See, a savior will see beyond the things that we have become. A savior who will come and see what actually brought me here in the first place. Because I've been here a long time. But it wasn't meant to be like this. It, it's not worked out how I thought it was going to work out. I need to save you who can see beyond all that. To see the call, the passion, the belief that God is a God of miracles, because that guy went to Bethesda because he believed that what the way he was was not the way he was supposed to be. He was supposed to change. Maybe I can get a miracle. If there's a God of miracles out there, I want to engage with that God of miracles. And I don't know what happened along the way. I don't know what happened in the journey. I don't know what happened in the decades that went by. But somehow he lost his way. He lost himself. He lost what he was meant to be. But Jesus still saw him. With all the passing of time, with all the, dis- the disappointment, Jesus came to show him that God still has the power to do what he always believed. And I've come to tell you this afternoon that God has the power to do that which you are believing for. He has not lost you. You have not fallen off the radar. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. Some of you have believed for a long time. You've trusted for a long time. You've kept going for a long time. You've you've, you've battled for a long time. And you wonder that if somehow you have got lost in the crowd. But Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. He sees where you are. He sees beyond all the stuff that has gathered around your life. He sees beyond all the disappointment and the pain and he sees the thing that brought you here in the first place. He sees you. Turn to someone and say, he sees you. And right now, he's coming to where you are. You need to answer. You need to understand that, that, that Jesus knows where you are and that he has a miracle for you, but you will not get the miracle until 
you answer his question. Do you want to get well? See, this wasn't just about a physical healing. It, I mean, that's amazing. It, to walk, to be able to, to walk after so many years of not walking would be an amazing thing. Healing, healing though, would actually mean doing life in a whole different way. You see, this man knew how to do broken. He knew how to do broken really well. He just didn't know how to do whole. You see, Jesus had to come and, 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 and strike at the heart of the issue which went beyond his physicality, went beyond his physical limitations because this man had become well-versed in his excuses. I can't do this because I'm crippled. I can't do that because I have no one to help me. We don't have enough money. We don't have the right people. If only we had a different building. If only we had a different location. You know, when I went to Cape Town, and, and I went to uh, lead the church there. One, we were a little church, little church down by the railway tracks, and um, it was a uh, place was falling apart at the seams. Really, it was a, it was an old church, um, and you know, we we um, w- when I was going there, they the first things that the guys were saying to me was, we need to believe, we need to believe in a different location. We need to, we need to be in a different location. Uh, you know, we need to get on the main road. We need to get on the main road. And, um, and you know, to me, obviously, I had a different perspective because I was coming in from the outside. I, I, I wasn't seeing in the way that they saw. And I, I said, but, I, you know, guys, wait a minute. You, you're asking to go on the main road. We're on a railway line. Thousands of people pass us Every day, we need to do something with the canvas of the front of our building that would catch the attention of those people who are going past us every single day. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and we actually, we, the first big purchase that I made, and it made the guys really gulp, but we, we, we didn't have much money, um, but we put a, a big, one of these big electronic signs on there uh, just that, that, that had enough information on about us that while the train was stopped for one minute, all the information of what we were was coming across the sign. And what was amazing is that people started to come. People started to come. The unfortunate thing was that they'd been praying for people and they'd been believing for people for years, but just not those people. I mean, yeah, we, you know, it, God was doing it, but no, they'd seen it going differently in their heads. And I was getting excited about the kind of people who were coming in and they were saying, yeah, they, you see, they, they, had, they, they had fallen victim to their excuses. And then when God started to move and give them people that they didn't expect, they wanted, they wanted the business people to come in. They wanted the rich people to come in. You know what? You know, and, and, and I believe that God just delighted, delighted in sending us the opposite of that. We, were the, we, had the, we had the poor, we had the disenfranchised that were coming in and, and, and God was, God was going to do something in that. I can tell you now that some of those 
people who uh, came in and got saved, they, we, we actually grew our own business people. We, we, we saw people who were poor uh, lifted up by the, by the power of the Spirit and their lives changed. And uh, although those people had gone a long time, I actually had the joy of seeing those people come through and have their lives turned around. He, he had been paralyzed in his body by his condition, but he had been paralyzed by his excuses. Have you been paralyzed by your excuses? Because just as Jesus came to heal him, he has come to heal you. The man had developed a severe case of I can't mentality. That's why do you want to get well is such an important question because it speaks to the heart. It addresses the attitude. And we need to understand that it is possible to pick up a bad attitude when you've been sat by the pool for so long. It's possible to to pick up a wrong attitude when you've been sat by the pool for all that amount of time. And Jesus had to ask the question, do you want to get well? Because he needed to know, is, does this man have the ability of making an attitude shift? Could it be that the only thing that is standing between you and your breakthrough is a change in your attitude? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well is such an important question because it means, are you prepared to pay the price of what I'm just about to do for you? After all those years, you're more settled with your present condition than you realize. While you have been in here, the world out there has changed. It's not the world you left is not the world you're going out to. Do you want to get well? Do you, do you want to change? Do you, do you want to do what is necessary in order to fulfill what I'm just about to put, uh, put upon you? Because I'm just about to answer your prayers and it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. But if you want to get well, I'm here to heal you. We've got to engage with the world the way it is. Not the way we wished it was. Do you want to get well means are you prepared to move from where you have been for all these years? Are you prepared to move? You've been here. This is, this is, you might not, you may not have called this home, but you have made it home. But now, as I come to you today, you need to understand that I'm just about to do something that means you're not going to stay here anymore. It's time To move, I am breaking the spirit of containment that has hung upon you. I am bringing you to a place where you can break out and where you can break through. You have lived in a small place. You have lived in a constrained place. But I have come to break the chains that I have bound you. I have come to take away the things that have limited you. I am just about to give you a new day. It has been a long 
dark night and you have cried your tears, but I've come to tell you today it is time to dry your eyes because I'm about to give you the breakthrough you've prayed for. I am about to give you the breakthrough you have dreamed about. I am about to give you your heart's desire. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well means are you prepared to mix with a different crowd? Do you want to get well means are you prepared to work like you've never worked before? I'm coming to you today and I'm, I'm going to give you a new normal. Are you prepared to embrace a new normal? Because do you want to get well means life may never be the same again. Do you want to get well means that you will not have the luxury any longer of living in your comfort zone. It is going to be challenging. It is going to stretch you. It's going to call something out of you that you never even believed was possible. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well means are you prepared to go from living down here because by being down here for so long you have gained a perspective and the world has looked this way for a long time and when you've been down here for a long time you need to understand that what I'm just about to do for you means that you're going to get a whole different perspective. You're going to see the world in a way that you have not seen it before. For your whole life, you have believed me for change. You have believed me for a miracle. But do you want to get well? Are you prepared to stop making your excuses? Are you prepared to believe that God is able? Are you, believe, are you prepared to believe that Jesus will find his way to where you are and speak a word into you and speak a word into your life and everything will truly be different? Jesus asked the man, to do something that he knew he couldn't do. He asked him to do something that he knew he couldn't do. He, the man, it's like the, for a moment the man must just thought, what? So have you not just heard me? Have you not, have you not just, do you, do you not, do you not get what I'm saying? I've, uh, I've been here for so long trying to be different. I've been here for so long and, and, and I've explained, I've got no one to help me. I've got all this and blah, blah, blah. But Jesus told him to get up. He asked him to do something he knew, the man knew he couldn't do. Because if you want your miracle, you're going to have to try. Even though everything within you would say, but we've tried it before. We did that before. Do you remember? Do you remember when we tried that? Yeah, I mean, we tried. Great, great, but we've done that before. Everything within you saying, no, don't bother trying. It doesn't work. We've, we, we did that, and, 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 and we have actually been up 
all night. We've worked really hard doing what we have been doing, but we just have not seen the results that we hope for. And we're tired and we're weary and we are worn out with doing the good things that we know is the right thing to do. But Jesus is coming to you again to ask you to do something you know you can't do. You might be tired. You may be exhausted. You may have done it before. But will you get up again? And will you give it another go? Because it's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this time. Are you prepared to push away from the shore one more time? Are you prepared to cast your net on the other side of the boat. You see, the man, the man had been looking that he was going to be there for 38 years. He'd looked and been frustrated by a pool of water, not being able to get in, not being able to get out of it, what he was wanting to get out of it. He was looking at it, and it was a sense of frustration. And, 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 and that's why he was saying, when Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Yeah, because, uh, but I can't, because he didn't even properly answer the question because that thing had become the thing. That pool had become his idol. Jesus didn't say it, but he could have said, stop looking at the pool. Let it go. I'm the healer. Yes, you've believed for that. Yes, you've trusted for that. And that that has got you to where you are, but I'm coming today to show you something different. Stop looking at that. Start looking at at me. Stop looking at them. Start looking at me. I am the healer. I am the one who will make a way for you. I am the one who will answer your prayers. I am the one who will fulfill the dreams that you carry. We've got to try because we're more than this. We're more than the things we have become. We've got to try because we've carried this hope for a long time. We've got to try. Why? Because it's Jesus telling us to do it. Jesus told the man, get up. Get up. Turn to someone and say, get up. What are you doing? What are you doing down there? What are you doing there? Why? Why? Why are you allowing the devil to keep you down there? Believing for something, believe, looking at that stuff. Why are you down there? Why have you allowed the devil to stamp invalid on your life? And somehow at the back of your mind, you're thinking, is this the way it's always going to be? Well, you know what? At least I tried. You know what? At least I believed. You know what? At least I'm faith, I was faithful. But at the end of the day, you're still frustrated. And Jesus is coming to do you today to say, I hear you. I know you. And you need to understand that I I'm just about to do something in your life. I'm just about to do something in your situation that is going to turn everything around. You need to get up. You need to get up. You need to do the thing that you don't think you can do. You need to do the thing that you don't believe you can do. Get up. Stand up. Rise up. Arise and shine. Put your excuses aside. Get up and do the thing you think you can't do. 
Because Jesus is coming to you today to meet you where you are and tell you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Go on, prophesy it over someone right now. Say it to them. Look them in the eye and say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do this. And it may have been a long time. Some of us, we can get blinded and dazzled by the fact it's been a long time. We've believed for a long time. We've trusted for a long time. And it hangs, hangs over us like a big specter. It hangs over us like this big mountain that stands between us and our destiny. And Jesus wants you to understand that you may have tried hard and you may have believed for a long time, but you need to understand that he is Jesus and with him it only takes a moment. It only takes a moment. It only takes one word, one word right into your circumstance, one word. Get up. Stop making excuses and stand up. Jesus is bringing you into something different. Jesus is coming to where you are. To where you are. Your waiting has not been in vain. Your patience will be rewarded. Weeping may remain for a night. But rejoicing comes in the morning. The night may have been long and it may have been dark, but you need to understand no night, no matter how dark lasts forever, the dawn comes. The dawn comes. You need to know that today. Dawn is coming. Jesus is coming to where you are. It seems like an ordinary day. It seems like the kind of day that you've experienced so many times over the years. But this day is different because today, Jesus is coming to where you are. To say, get up. Rise up. Walk into your destiny. Walk. Rise up. And walk, rise up and walk, rise up and walk. I, I don't know, I, I, I just want to, I'm coming to the end of my time, but I, so, some of you, I, I want to say, what are you doing down there? You, you need to get up, you need to get up. I mean physically, get up, get up, stand up, make a physical statement. I'm not staying down there anymore, get up, get up, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Rise up and walk. Maybe it would be good for you to actually step out from your seat and walk. Just actually walk saying, devil, I am not being contained any longer. I am not being limited. I am walking in a new freedom. I am walking in a new space. I am taking territory that I have never taken before. I believe the lies of the devil, but I am not believing them anymore because my Savior has come to me and said, rise up and walk. Therefore, I rise up and walk into the future 
He has planned for me. And if you believe it, give the Lord a clap offering. God bless you. to lift your hands with me. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord to us. We thank you for your heart in this room all day today. You love your church and you are building your church. And Father, we honor the man of God as he brings something to us and challenges us and we go away different because of an encounter with you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are walking into all of our churches And telling us as men and women of God to stand up. You're speaking to prophetic words and vision and heart in us. Where we've been disappointed or discouraged. You're saying, get up. It's time. It's time to believe again. Just go back to some of the prophecies you have in your life. Some of the visions that you've still not seen. Some of the things you're expecting God to do. And just say to him right now, I am standing up. I am believing again. I'm stretching out and expecting something great. And Father, we give you praise in this room. Dreams and visions and breakthroughs happening in lives right now. Lord, in response to your word. And we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you. We thank you for the hope that we have. You are alive. You are with us. Our best days are ahead of us. God has great plans for you. And run in that in the name of Jesus. Amen.